I feel like you can tell so much about a person by their environment. In particular, how clean or messy it is, what kind of items they keep in it, and their relationship to letting things go. Personally, I've had a pretty fraught relationship to stuff, messiness, and cleanliness in my life, and it's been one of my biggest and most transformative practices to take control of my environment through cleaning, decluttering, and clearing my spaces. And that is what the episode today is all about. This is the Lady Quest podcast, and I am Ariel Kylie. And this podcast is for intuitive, self aware women who know that they have a big life purpose here on earth. Does that sound like you? Something that feels deeply meaningful to you that you want to do, create, experience, or pursue in this life. So, back to my relationship with stuff and clutter. And in particular, how it affects or reflects one's psychological state. I remember back when I was living in Brooklyn in a little studio apartment next to Prospect Park, I accepted an invitation from a fellow yoga teacher who was building her feng shui practice. Feng shui, feng shui, feng shui. I think feng shui practice. And she wanted people to practice on so she could get testimonials for her business. I was fascinated by it. So I said, sure, come on over. So she came over and the first thing she noticed was when she walked into my studio, there was this long curving hallway that curved around the kitchen and then ended in two doors. So one into the kitchen space and one into the living room, bedroom space. And that hallway had a lot of stuff in it. It had my bike, it had boxes, it had shoes and boots, it had to-go bags. Like it was one of those hallways where you kind of had to like turn sideways at one point to walk through it. And she did a lot of cool stuff in my apartment in terms of how to rearrange furniture to make the energy better. But that hallway was the biggest learning curve for me because I was unconscious about how I had been keeping it very cluttered. And I noticed, even though she called it out and helped me find spaces for all those things, that I really quickly refilled it with clutter. And when I disciplined myself to clear it of clutter, it was so hard. I had this magnetic pull to want to put stuff back in that hallway. And upon reflecting on it, I think it actually helped me feel safe. I've always felt a little scared in my homes around the entryways to my homes worried that someone's going to break in. And I think also because I did that role on The Sopranos many years ago and played, you know, this sexy stripper that I've gotten a lot of messages over the years through social media or email or even letters, people find my address that admired me in that character. It makes me nervous. 
it makes me nervous that someone is going to come try and find me. And so I've always been very uncomfortable with ground floor living, like where someone could just walk up to a window and that window goes right into the house. One reason I love where I live right now is it's on the second floor and it's very hard to get into the home. We have an alarm system. I feel really safe in here. But back to the Brooklyn apartment, I think one way that I felt safer was just filling that hallway with shit. Like, if someone did break in through the front door, I would probably hear them clunking and knocking stuff over in the hallway. So it served to help me feel safer. And in order to stop filling entryways with clutter, I had to confront my own fears around someone breaking in and do some mindset work about how like just having a bunch of junk in the hallway isn't going to stop that. What's going to stop that is, you know, good locks, good security, and I have control over all of that. So addressing my need for safety and security and also respecting the fact that I was nervous about it and being kind to myself about that instead of just attacking myself for having a cluttered hallway really helped me get past that clutter. And I wanted to open with that story just because I think there's a reason we hold on to stuff. We hold on to old stuff. We have trouble letting go of stuff. And I think there's a reason too that we are messy. Often mess can be comforting on some level. So to get to the next level of cleanliness, having a clear, spacious, organized home, sometimes we need to do some deeper work around what that stuff represents to us and care for the parts of us that are somehow comforted by our clutter, by our stuff. I want to jump to another little story of clearing and decluttering. So I'll preface this by saying, I believe every item we look at has its own energy field and it affects us. Whether or not we're thinking about it consciously, it affects us. Oh my gosh. Right while I was saying this, I'm in my closet because it's the, it has the most padding because of all the clothes in it um, to record this podcast. And as I was saying, the things around us affect us. I look to my right and my left and my laptop is stationed in my closet between two racks of clothes and on each side is a leopard print shirt. (laughs) So I'm like surrounded by leopard right now, which I think is perfect for recording the Lady Quest podcast. Um, Anyway, the things around us affect us psychologically. The things we have hold energy. And in particular, I'm interested in how items that we carry on from the past that might actually have negative connotations affect us and remind us of who we were and who we have been and kind of keep us in those loops instead of freeing us to move forward to who we are becoming. So, end of my 30s, I realized I was totally burnt out on New York City. 
I needed to move out. I needed to go to live in a camper, move to the desert and reset. And I had the instinct. I also need to get rid of almost all of my things. Not because they weren't great things and not because I didn't love my past, but because being surrounded by the same clothing I had been wearing for 5, 10, 20 years, the same tchotchkes, the same items, was continually reminding me of someone who I was yesterday. And I was very, very interested in freeing myself to finding out who I am today if I am not under the influence of anything from yesterday. But I knew this would involve some radical discernment to be able to do this. So I had studied Marie Kondo's work and I love Marie Kondo's work. I just think it's brilliant. But I evolved her concept a little bit. So instead of picking up an item and asking, does this spark joy? I would pick up an item and ask, does this belong to the future me? So basically to start out this process of purging, I sat in meditation and deeply meditated on Ariel three years from now. How does she feel? What is her life like? What is her home like? And I just, I caught, you know, images of this bright, modern, spacious home, lots of light, big windows, very clear, very uncluttered, more elegant, more wealth in my life, going to another level of maturity. And as I tuned into this future version of myself, I could feel what it was like to be her and what she would want to own and what she wouldn't want to own. So then when I opened my eyes and went around my space and pulled items, like in when you do Marie Kondo's work, you take all the items from one category and put them out in front of you. So like I pulled all my clothing out and put it all on my bed. I was able to tune into this question of, does this belong to me three years from now? And a question that pairs really nicely with that is, would I buy this again today? Because oftentimes we hold on to something because we bought it one day and that day back in history, it had value. But if you ask, would I buy this again today? That can give you very different perspective on that item. One other bonus thing I did was I held a really fucking sharp crystal in one hand. So I had this crystal that was like, like a skyscraper. It was, and it had a very sharp end and it was almost like holding a sword, like a sword of discernment. So I held that crystal and without even thinking, I just picked up item after item of clothing and put them in the keep or let go of pile. And I got rid of probably 80% of my clothing. The amount of clothing I had left fit in a carry-on suitcase. So not even the suitcase that goes under the plane, but the suitcase that goes in the overhead compartment inside the plane. That's the amount of clothes I had left. They could fit in there. It was so minimal. It was really interesting. They were very much neutrals that were in dark colors like black and navy. 
and grays and a lot of the cute dresses and stuff that I'd been wearing for the past decade did not make the cut. Not because I didn't have great times in them, but because they didn't belong to future me. She was going to acquire different dresses. And also I knew, because I knew I was donating these items to Housing Works in New York City, and I've bought a lot of things from Housing Works. I think they do a great job curating the clothes they sell, especially the one in Soho and the one in Tribeca. I knew these were great pieces. They were going to go in there and someone else was going to buy them and wear them and love them. And I even tuned into the consciousness of each of those items and realized they wanted a new mom. They wanted a new caretaker. They wanted to be worn by someone else. They were also done with me. So that was my process. And I did that with everything, with books, with my clothes, with everything, so that I got my items down to such a small amount that I could fit them in the forerunner I bought, the camper I was traveling in, with a few boxes left at my father's and my sister's, just like journals and stuff that it didn't make sense to keep with me, but I could tuck away in the attic. And then when I set out on my trip out west, I felt so light. My plate felt clear or my, my slate felt clean. Either you can, whichever metaphor you prefer. I was like a naked newborn babe ready to be dressed by my future self. And I had a lot of fun when I did wind up in Joshua Tree. They have a really cute downtown in Yucca Valley with some great shops and letting my future self decide what clothing items to buy and letting my style evolve in addition to slowly acquiring other treasures that feel like they represented more who I'm becoming as opposed to who I was. Clearing, decluttering, cleaning your space is also a big part of the Lady Quest process. If and when you join the Lady Quest program, it has eight different lessons in it that culminate in you taking your own nature quest just for two nights and three days in nature. It's kind of a mini version of what I did in Joshua Tree, which was eight months. But when you go on that nature quest, the whole idea is to get so attuned to who you are right now. What's important to you right now without the dressing of yesterday or yesterweek or yesteryear? And then what I encourage the ladies to do when they come back is do this process of letting go through those clear eyes that they activated on their nature quest, look around their space and see what has to go, what doesn't belong to the future them, what doesn't belong to the woman who has made her callings come true. Now, I want to give you one more example of this because I'm actually steeped in it right now because I just did it. So every three months, I like to set my three-month goals. And I keep those to like seven overriding goals that will really move my life forward. 
And one of my goals, I just did my three-month reset over the weekend, so I'm right in the beginning of it. And the seventh one out of seven was to pull everything out of my study, including the closet, Marie Kondo it, put it in categories, take everything out that doesn't belong to the future me, and then put everything back in my study. Um, that feels like I still want it. And also, you know, rearrange it and update my study. So it was just feeling like kind of like it was getting dusty and cluttered. Monday morning, after I'd written this down Sunday, thinking, okay, I'll do it a few weeks from now on a weekend, you know, I'll have to get my energy up. Monday morning, I wake up, I do a meditation. I'm doing, um, my dear friend, Bobby Breckenridge, she's doing this metamorphosis, 10 day challenge about abundance and wealth. And I'm one of the, the featured specialists in it. I'm doing an afternoon program about somatically removing your money blocks inside this challenge. But because I'm a part of it and because I love her, I'm like, I'm just going to do the whole challenge. This is so fun. There are wonderful women from all around the world in it. So I get up Monday morning. I do the meditation with the group that she guides it has nothing to do with clearing or decluttering. It's about setting us up to go on this journey of up-leveling our wealth and abundance. And I come out the other end of the meditation and I was like, I cannot go another day without clearing out and resetting my study. I ca- like, I cannot wait. And even though I had all these decisions to make, about what, how I'm marketing coming up, what I'm selling, like all these business decisions to make, it became abundantly clear that in order to make the right decisions, I needed to reset my space. It's like, if you imagine holding a bow and arrow, if you want the arrow to go far and also precisely hit the target, You've got to pull it back, 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 back on the bow first, and then you aim and then you let go of it and it can hit that target. For me, taking these two days to take these steps back, pull everything in my study out, put it all in the living room, put it in categories, sort through it, and then bring only the stuff back into the study that I want and also rearrange it according to how I actually want to use those things. That was equivalent of pulling the bow back. It might feel like I'm going backwards, but it's setting me up to launch forward with more speed and precision. And also now that it's done to just be so much clearer about what's important. When I've got a cluttered or messy or dirty space, my brain is cluttered. Like it's the most obvious one-to-one correlation. So it has taken me a lot of years to create the habit of cleaning and decluttering. It's been a long journey for me, but I would say it's one of my most important habits for my own mental health and my clarity. And to continue to rapidly move into each next phase, I'm so excited to grow into. 
So the point of this episode is not to say you should get rid of all your stuff. I really think it so depends on who you are, what kind of stuff you have, how much stuff you have, how you organize it. Like my mom loves antiques and she feels best when she's just surrounded by this wealth of beautiful original antiques like she she has more stuff than I would generally want to have and that suits her nature and then some people are extreme minimalists you know they just want to have like I don't know like one bowl on one giant shelf and then like a white curtain and then like a sheepskin rug and then nothing else in the room that might be you that's not me, but I do think it's so exciting to let yourself, and this leads into my invitation to you, I invite you to meditate on what you would love your environment to be like three years from now and pair that with what you want your life to be like three years from now and feel into how it feels to be that future self and then pick a, pick a place in your home that you go into and ask yourself, and you can just do like a couple items right now for fun. Does this belong to the future me? Would me three years from now buy this item? Does it make sense to keep it in my space now? Does it carry an energy that I don't want to bring forward? I will share one more final thing that's very, very personal um, to me, but has been very important. Um, my One of my closest friends in my life, Simone, passed away five years ago. She's the one who I wrote my book or our book, Smitten the Way of the Brilliant Flirt With. We had many incredible adventures together. She's a huge influence on my life and was a very close friend. And also we had a kind of fraught relationship. In some ways we were enmeshed in our friendship and oftentimes I would orient towards her approval when it came to how I dressed or what I did. I was kind of worried she would disapprove or I, I wanted her approval. So after she passed away and we, and she, we, we, parted very peacefully. I was a part of her process of passing away and it was such a gift to be with her through that process. But after she passed away, I realized that part of me moving on and feeling truly independent and like I was the authority of me, I had to let go of a lot of things that she had given me or that I had taken after she passed away of as mementos of hers. So she used to love to buy me clothes and stuff. And it was so generous and sweet of her to want to give me beautiful things. But part of me taking my authority back because I had given her so much authority in our friendship was donating those items and deciding how I want to dress and not having that influence in my life. And that has allowed me to have a very pure, loving relationship with her memory 
to, because there's no obligation around holding on to stuff. And our friendship wasn't about stuff. It was, it was a deep motherfucking soul contract that friendship was. And I learned so much from it. But also moving on for me meant letting go of a lot of those things that represented a time when I had trouble being in my own authority. So that could apply to friendships or family relationships. It definitely applies to past lovers. If you're keeping secret treasures hidden from past lovers around your house and you're trying to call in your next partner, good luck with that. (laughs) Could be very nice to have a little ritual of burning and burying and passing on. So there's space for that new person to come in. Anyway, I think you get the idea. I hope you take the invitation. And thank you so much for listening today. I wish you a clear, clean, uncluttered space that truly represents who you are now and who you are becoming. If you like this podcast, you will love the LadyQuest program. Join my newsletter through the link in the episode description if you want to learn more about LadyQuest, my one-on-one coaching work, and get invited to transformational workshops I teach on a regular basis online. Also, if you want to make my day, you could leave a five-star review for this podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of my world, and I look forward to being with you again very soon.